The underdog is howling. This is Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? There we go. Sweet 16, it's here. Uh, maybe a little letdown from the extravaganza that was Las Vegas last week. Uh, thanks again to the uh, Denny Hamlin Foundation for having us. Uh, unbelievable time. Seeing a bunch of you degenerates out there, but uh, good time, Barry. You're good. Our, our people, yeah, our and, people. and everybody, uh, everybody at uh, Westgate J and John and Rosemary and everybody for uh, helping us out and getting us set up in a uh, in a great spot and great uh, running into so many people out there this last oh. uh, weekend. South Point, all the boys, yep. Michael's crew, unbelievable. You like Michael's, oh, like Lord. I never knew it was there, man. And, All the time and, and I spent at the, South Point. That's the beauty of it. It's unbelievable. It used to be over at Barbary Coast. Yes. Back in the, in the, and I went there, gosh, it had to have been 20 years ago. Really? Yeah. 20 years ago, I think it was, actually, yeah, it would have been right after the Tennessee Florida State Fiesta Bowl. Okay. Um, went to Vegas for a weekend and Did you? got to go. Yeah, imagine that. I don't know if there's a better meal in the, in the city. It's, it's really it's awesome. It's, it's awesome. unbelievable. Um, so shout out to the whole South Point crew, V. They're great. I, guys. I, I feel I feel bad that I didn't get a chance to get over there and see Chris. That's and, all right. They said and, they'll and, see you and, soon. And Vinny loves. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, we'll be out there for uh, sure. Vinny and Chris, and and also Jay Root at the Mirage, tremendous host uh, for a session. And um, his crazy nephews are unbelievable. Uh, shout out to those guys. But um, yeah, so we're back. The Sweet Sixteen. We, I think we were kind of different on, remember we talked about the total seeding in the final yep. four and you were going off the, the whim of, hey, history is there's, there's going to be someone. We don't right. know who it will be, but there will be one. And now, now there is only one. There is only there one. Is only one. one. There's only one. <laughs> and, uh, we'll, we're going to have Sean Farnham on to break all those games down. He's been ahead of Oregon as anybody has being a former Pac-12 guy. Uh, Pac-10 guy, I should say, uh, to get that right. But we'll touch on, on all the dogs. I'm going to ask him. We have at least a five-point dog in each region. Yep. Which one he likes best, and then we're going to go down that list. Uh, worst matchup, all that stuff. So we'll get an analyst uh, uh, opinion on here. But when when we look at it, I, it's 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 a lot what I thought was going to happen. Um, I thought that maybe you know we talked about picking your underdogs one round ahead to try and mm-hmm. you know reciprocate, uh, getting some points in your pools and stuff like that. But all the one we got everyone two and three. Yes, we do. And we have a two that's a little wounded that we didn't know about in Kentucky that we were really, really high on. Even even though it looks like he, as of right now when we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, I yep. saw him post a little something to social media earlier that he's out of a cast and out of that boot and, and walking in sneakers. So it appears I mean, – I'm going to operate right now under the assumption that he's going to play. See, I had heard the rumor going around out there was that he kicked a chair in the locker room oh. after the SEC cha- after losing to Tennessee. Tennessee. That's oh. the, that's the rumor going around. Do your sources confirm that? Uh, I no sources have been able to confirm All that, right. but that is a uh, that's what had been floating around out there. This is what my theory is. This is way going out there. He had that Alabama quarterback surgery. Remember, remember two mm-hmm. at the Heisman yep. with the Walker. Remember PJ last year, last week with the Walker. Yep. Just to just. <laughs> They, they turn that around that quick not, though. That's I, I don't know. It, I mean, nowadays you never know. An ankle's an ankle. Those hoopers are are resilient fellers. Um, so we got all those teams. We have a matchup of two of my favorite coaches in college basketball, and John Beeline and Chris Beard. Um, obviously, our thoughts on on Duke. We saw what happened there. By, we, by the way, before you go too far, <laughs> driving in this morning. And you mentioned Beeline and Beard in that yep. game. And uh I'm listening to Mitch and Paulie on okay. VC. And Paul and they start talking about the game and Paulie's like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Going against Beeline in the NCAA tournament, that's it's kinda like having Mexican food while you're driving around. Two minutes in you realize it's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying at that line. <laughs> so Kudos to, to, to Paul Shout Howard. out to those guys, too. Hung out with them at the D and uh, uh, off the strip after we were at Westgate on Friday. Those are guys are a treat. Um, unbelievable. Great show they have also uh, as part of that VEASAN family. But let's dive in, Bear. Let's go Thursday. Uh, first one, we're going to start out West because this never makes sense. Four o'clock local tip. Uh, the Zags, 7.5 to Florida State. 
Over under 147. We saw this matchup last year where Florida State got hot at the right time. Never really was a game. And a lot of the, plenty of the Gonzaga naysayers were, were on their high horse last year. Do you see anything different this year? Well, number one, it, Tilly didn't play in that game. Correct. Which, which is a big deal. And it, it's so, like, there are so many things that point to Florida State, mm-hmm. uh, being the, being the side in this game. The fact that Leonard Hamilton's done so well as an underdog in the NCAA tournament, seven and one, mm-hmm. uh, with, with five outright wins. Uh, you look at how Gonzaga really struggled last year. I think it was 34% from the field and like five of 20 or five of 21 from three point range, something like that. I just wonder if it's funny how we've had all these favorites winning so yeah. far. And I think if you look at the recent success of underdogs in the Sweet 16 and the fact that none of them won in the, in, in the round of 32, it's almost like that. You look at Florida State. You look at Virginia Tech. You look at do. You look at um, Oregon. I think you got three teams that kind of are headed towards public underdog status. I wonder if Florida yeah, State. That's a good point. I wonder if Florida State can shoot the ball well again in consecutive games. Mm-hmm. This year, uh, since ACC play began, they shot better than fifty percent four times, and mm-hmm. they only shot fifty something percent against Murray in that blowout win. Uh, in those previous four games, they shot 39% or less uh, every single time. So odds are they have not been able to put together really good performances in terms of shooting the ball mm-hmm. uh, this year. Uh, I wonder if Gonzaga kind of letting up a little bit, and that's never really felt like they were going to lose to Baylor. Uh, I, I wonder with uh, revenge and the fact that uh, a bunch of guys in Gonzaga didn't have a great game against Baylor. I mean, Clark was unbelievable, mm-hmm. but uh, some other guys really struggled. Uh, and that's the beauty about Gonzaga. I, I think in, when, when you have with Hachimura struggles, and Perkins struggles, and Revol- and like you get Kispert and and Clark to carry the team. Yeah. Odds are those other guys aren't going to be a no-show again. So it feels like Florida, the number screams, it's too many, it's yeah. too many, it's too many. But for, if, I were, if I were playing the game, it would be Gonzaga or pass. I, I look at this, I don't like the game really much. If I had to pick a side, I'd take Florida State with the points. The one thing about Gonzaga that's different to me is they always – they always had a bigger guy, you know, they, they've done well, you know, with the, the overseas guys, whether it's Sabonis or a, uh, Karnuski. Mm-hmm. But with Clark, teams would just go high ball screen against those guys, you know, against the old Gonzaga teams. And then right there, you had a mismatch of your point guard there. Clark's good enough and athletic enough to switch yep. off on that man. So that's, that's, I mean, that was the old, you know, MO to go at Gonzaga. You can't do that anymore. So they're really, really versatile how they defend. They haven't seen anything like this, you know. I know no. they played Carolina and Carolina, but but this Florida State thing is is something, and, you know. You haven't seen anything like it when they're making shots because there's nobody like them, and that's why yep. they're here. Yep, they played they've played great ball the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's a it's a fascinating matchup. And don't think they don't forget, you know, that they dominated last right. week. Right, and, last and year in this they should have a, a ton of con- a, a ton of confidence. And it's so funny. I'm thinking back to this weekend before that Murray State game. We're looking, they were still like 50 to 1 to win it all, uh, which was like a ridiculous price. And it just leads me to another little general tangent here about like when to bet games and just the value that there are, that the value that exists. Like, I think it was five minutes in or six minutes in or about it was going right before into the second TV timeout and Morant was still making shots. Five and of five. I, I, th- I think it was. Florida State may have led by like six at yeah. the time, and at that TV timeout, like they were still only like three fifth minus three fifty on the money line to win. And I'm sitting there with my buddy. I'm like, this is a mismatch. Like they they are. There's no way they're losing this game. I mean, they are so much better. And I'm like, this is like just walk to the window and send it in as many times as you want. So it, it's crazy how there are. Live betting is just for some oh, of these situations. Lord. You can get a little bit of knowledge early on and see the way the game's going, and that way they 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 should have been probably minus five fifty at that point in the game. All right, so you're leaning towards the points here. Or I no? would lean. It's a no play for mm-hmm. me. If I had to play it, I would play Gonzaga, but it okay. wouldn't shock me at all if Florida State wins. I, right. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't mess with this game. All right. So let's not spend as much time on these games if we don't really mess No, but, but I, I think people want to hear. Yeah, yeah, No, no doubt. Our, our, our opinion. No, the over-under 147.5 scares the crap out of me. So Brandon Clark over-under 16.5 points. Any feel on that? Under. Hachimura, 18.5? Over. Terrence Mann, 12.5? Over. I would think that's probably an over yeah. as well. He's been sensational, I think. Um, Total number of three-point field goals made, 14.5 combined. That's all on Florida State. It is. All on Florida State. Hasn't shot, Gonzaga hasn't shot. going to make six. Gonzaga hasn't shot. Well, they're going to make five or six. Yeah. So it's on Florida State wow. to make eight or nine. They, do, they know their numbers. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good at this. Unbelievable. I was listening to, uh, I think it was Murray, talk about the player props. And he's like, I was just taking the average and adding two points, and people were still taking the <laughs> over. Happened. He's like, it all even now. It's great. How, people how about, loved it, though. How about Maryland LSU, by the way? Opens at one, one and a half, closes at three, lands on two. Unbelievable. It's the tournament. Yep. That's why we love it. Uh, let's move to the next game that Thursday night. That's the uh, South Region. Tennessee minus one and a half against Purdue, 146 and a half. I'm going to go here. I looked at Purdue. I watched Purdue. I woke up, uh, what was it, Saturday. I saw Purdue giving three and a half. I said, give me Purdue. Why are they giving points to the defending national champion? Yep. I, that, that made no sense to me. And I brought up last week on the pod yep. about Carson Edwards. Mm-hmm. I said, can he do it? Yep. You know, he did he it. He did it. He's been unbelievable. Uh, what was it? He averaged 34 for the weekend, obviously 42, nine threes. And that over went in by four points with, with him scoring 42, them scoring 80. They score 81. 80, 80, it was 81, something low 80s. 81, yeah, something like that. So I look at this under, like I think Tennessee, they have three guys to throw at Edwards. Um, my favorite quote reading about this game, you'll love this. One and a half, 146 and a half right now is what I said. Yes, yes. Uh, Rick Barnes about this game uh, when asked about it. Quote, you hope that the officiating is good. Close quote. <laughs> so that just tells you he is not holding any punches. You know he's got he's got his guys, you know, uh, Lamonte and and Bone and, and Bowen that he's going to throw at Edwards. Uh, I still worry about Tennessee scoring in a in a in a big spot. I, Iowa's Iowa. You know those guys aren't known for no. their defense. No. So I think this is a fascinating matchup. I I always get scared, Bear, when the team has that guy that could just go off. I, in in this situation, especially when he's a guard and these new days, you know, mm-hmm. all dominant guards. Um, Purdue, I think, is a live dog here. I think there's a lot of pressure on Tennessee here. Um, knowing, you know, how they have been built with their, you know, leadership and older guys and, you know, gutting through a lot of stuff with coaching changes and stuff like that. I like the under in this game. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a methodical, uh, pace by Purdue. They've been awful in this round under Painter. 0-4 in Sweet 16 games in his 14 years. Uh, last year they got destroyed by Texas yep. Tech. It hasn't been pretty in this round. I think he knows he's got a chance here with Edwards. I think maybe, you know, they, they, they like to shoot the three. I think they get some open looks, but I, I think Purdue can c- control this. I like under 146 and a half here. To follow up on that, Painter 0-7 versus top three seeds in his career wow. in the tournament. Okay. And including 32 point and 13 point loss. Uh, last couple of years in the, in, in the 16. Uh, it, it's funny. I, I, I sent out a couple of tweets this week and, uh, just some of like the, but well, is this one going to go to like quadruple overtime between Painter's struggle against top, top three seeds and the fact that Barnes is one nine and one against the number in his last 11 NCAA tournament games. Uh, and another weird little, little thing that involves two and three seeds involves, uh, uh Tennessee and LSU both fall into this, uh, this category about, a team that didn't two or three seeds that didn't cover in the round is sixty four and thirty two wind up getting to the sixteen last ten years Kentucky two thousand seventeen UCLA uh, beat UCLA two thousand sixteen Oklahoma beat Texas A and M by double digits two thousand fifteen Notre Dame beat Wichita by double digits two thousand eleven North Carolina uh, won by double digits in the Sweet sixteen as well so the the theory there behind that is really good teams. That haven't played their best game yet. That probably are going to play a better game mm. than what they played so far. Typically, they do play well in the 16. So okay. you can take that into your thought process on uh, handicapping the LSU Michigan State game and the and the Tennessee uh, Purdue game as well. Uh, if, if I had to play the game, I would play Tennessee as the side. But the one the the prop here that I like 
uh, from Westgate is the largest lead of the game is over under 12 and a half. I think you've got two incredibly streaky teams that can get out to a lead or fall behind if their shots aren't falling and then make up ground. So I think someone's going to lead by 13 points or more at some point in this game. Gosh, we saw Tennessee blow that, and we saw Purdue get out to a huge lead on uh, Mm -hmm. Villanova as well. So that that would be my play for this game. Biggest lead over 12.5 points. Okay. Uh, The next one that night, go back out west. Michigan minus 1.5 against Texas Tech, 126. One question for you. Mm -hmm. Both teams score 60 here? I could see sixty two sixty something like that. Right? Yeah. Like it's 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 a perfect I want number. no I want no part of this game. I no? just I just I just want to sit back and I watch. just want to watch and enjoy this game. Okay. I want no part of this game. Uh I talked about this game on a daily wager the other day. It's fascinating. These are my two favorite guys. I say it all the time and I'll never get tired of it. I, they're they're unbelievable. Beeline has been so good to the Coughlin family come March in these years past. <laughs> he, it's he, he, not even he, he funny, was good man. to the Felica family as you well last year, no, getting to the final. You have no idea. Um, I love you, Coach Beeline, and your staff. And 30, your 30, 30, 30 to one ticket to win the incident, uh, championship last year. Get to the championship game. Give me yeah, it. But I gave you hedge it off. We're good. Thank uh, you very much. It's so tight. These teams are so similar. Yep. I went back and looked at the numbers. They both average giving up within a point. A game of each other. One team's 58.2, I think. One team's 52, 59.2. Um, three point percentage they allow 30% against 29%. That's it's, the, that's the one, that's the one thing with this game that I'm kind of interested in. Uh, the, the, the over under is 13 and a half combined threes. That ooh. seems a little low. E, oh, you a, do. A, a little higher. Okay. Right? I mean, yeah. I, I think unders might be the way to go. Um, I think, I just, I trust Beeline being able to get his guys more open looks. Offensively, off the of schemes, then, and the, and making them. Okay. I trust those guys more in Texas Tech. Although, I, I think Texas Tech has the goods. I, I could see Texas Tech winning a national championship. Can you? Could I see them winning a national you championship? You see them cutting the nets down. No, I don't no? think so. I could, could I? Yeah, I don't think they will. Full disclosure, I think, um, I think my opinion, of Texas Tech is a little skewed okay. for the absolute embarrassing, awful, inexcusable no West show Virginia. loss against West Virginia. Right. I, I think seeing I think seeing that because you know what, what does history say about that loss? Yeah, yeah, those teams don't win. Yeah, but just seeing that and how far like that's a terrible West Virginia team. Or I shouldn't say they terrible. Just got beat by and, Carolina. I, I mean, I guess it happens. I mean, you get you get hotter, you have a bad game, and you a little bit of pressure, but I, but. I think that game might okay. be skewing You're my scarred. My, yeah, you're scarred. Yeah. Okay, I, I, that was a that was a rough one for the money line parlay that night. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, that that that, no, that, that was yeah, that was bad. Um, so you're you're off of that game. I yeah. w- I would I just want to lean over just because I look at that number. Both teams have the ability to put the ball in the basket. It's going to be as well as defended game as you're going to see in this round. I just think it's a little fun to have have the over in those types of games because you're a couple three-point streaks uh, uh, from going over, and, you know, you people that bet the under are sick in the head. So I, I just try and give you a little time to go off once in a while, you know? To, to, to quote Mr. Andrews, it's never under till it's over. Exactly. And one uh, another, just to follow up on, sure. B- on Beeline, how much we love him as a coach. He's been involved in 16 NCAA tournament games where – he has either been a favorite of less than th- four points or mm-hmm. an underdog of less than, than four points. So basically like one possession type games like this is. He's won 12 of those 16 games, which is, you win 75% of your toss-up games essentially, uh, including a 27 point win over A&M last year in the 16. Guys, Ty's awesome. And he, and he doesn't, this is, and he doesn't, and the great thing about him is he doesn't have the most talented, best team. I mean, the no. players are good, but they just buy in. They run. They run stuff, and I, I and Beard's a great coach too. Yeah, I, I, I that's why Beard's I want. Phenomenal. I want no part of right, going pass. against either of these guys. Just watching. Feet up. Maybe maybe under thirteen and a half threes. That might be the. Okay. If I had to do something on this game, you're telling me I need to make a play. That, that, that's what I would look at. All right. Last game Thursday night. Virginia minus eight and a half versus Oregon. One nineteen and a half is your number there. To me, Bear, I think last weekend was really good for Virginia. I really yes, it was. I they, totally agree. I, I, they had to do it again in the first half. They got blitzed right in the face, and they had nowhere to run and hide. They got it on that timeout. Yep. They looked at each other and said, "Holy, All right, you know, here we're we not are." Fourteen. 
We know this feeling. Yep. Let's see what we got. All right. They come back. Weren't great in the next game. You no. know, I, I you know you, Oklahoma's you, not not the right. best. Yeah, they, you know, they, they, I, they I just kind of they, they might have went. They didn't play well. Like right. they didn't just shoot lights out where they could just cruise. They still had to defend. They still had to make some big shots. I thought they ran their offense great late. You know, like I said, Oklahoma's not a huge threat, but they didn't play well and they won. And I think that in this circumstances, in all the buildup and knowing what they had to endure this whole off season, I think it was phenomenal for Virginia to go through what they did last week and. I don't know about the eight and a half. Oregon feels like a public play. It feels like a total public play. Does okay. Um, For a team that can go through a lot of a lot of scoring droughts, and you've got to wonder about Oregon a little bit in terms of what, the four games in four days at the Pac-12, yes. and then you you win and Sunday night to Thursday. Yeah, I mean the flight from San Jose to Eugene's not a long flight, but then again, and they go down the fly, 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 it's it, it it could be a factor. Oh wait, no, sorry. This is Louisville. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was, yeah. Sorry. I was going to say they're they're Louisville and the DC kids. Man, I don't look. I know. At that yeah. Stuff. They're I'm, riding I'm just, the best time of their life right these, now. These are things that people are are, are thinking about. Just throw it right out there with Virginia on the other side. That's what. That's why I like Virginia in the spot because if it was at somebody else where Oregon could just get their feet wet, mm-hmm. you know, not shoot well early on. If they don't play well early. Virginia is just going to put them in a stranglehold because Oregon's not the best offensive Uh, team. I I will say this, though. Oregon's got some freaky athletes that I think are going to contest shots and be a problem for Virginia. And Pritchard is a really good point guard, and I I, I think he can potentially hold his own as well. Oh, no no doubt about it. I don't don't think this is automatic. Now, Virginia's going to have to play – echo what you're saying. Virginia's going to have to play well Mm -hmm. uh, to win this game. But with all the, you know, being on Daily Wager show, all those modeler guys, they're, they're all over Virginia. Yeah. But you see, here's the, here's the thing with that. I, I think the, mo- the model, I, I think needs to kind of be a little, uh, you, you, you need to put a little recency bias in there. You need to adjust I'm it for you. how Oregon has played the last month of the year since they really figured out what they're doing without bowl mm-hmm. and how they're – I think you need to look at that. I, I think those numbers are really uh, skewed and in, in, in basing a lot. Yeah, I, I think the early part of the season should count, but but I, I think you really need to, to weigh a little heavier uh, heavier on the uh, how well Oregon has played recently because that's the team that you're going to see on uh, on Friday night – or Thursday night, rather. All right, so you're – what about the points here over on? I would pl- – if I had to play the game – I would play Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you look at the. What about that beautiful up and down number one nineteen? <laughs> huh? I, I, you, you look at the the one twelves in the Sweet Sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, nineteen and no, one seed's never been beaten. Only one game was decided by less than than seven points. Every other one won by at least eight. Mm-hmm. I mean history. I mean again, history says in this situation that the 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 ones do typically take care of business, but is. Is Oregon not a not a typical twelve? Are they a more talented team that kind of underachieved because of the the injuries that they had, and it took them a while to to get going? And we're talking about Beeline and and Chris Beard. I mean, Altman's another guy in the tournament who you, you look at his you, you look at his games at Oregon. He's fourteen and four against the number, yeah, and he's nine and one with six outright wins as a dog. I mean, another guy who has played very, and that's why I think a lot of these trends with some of these teams and coaches and how well they've done in these roles. Are going to lend a little bit of value, I think, to the favorites because I think the, you're going to get a lot of a lot of underdog, uh, a lot of underdog hype, and a lot of the public going to going to take these dogs thinking that a Cinderella run might happen. So I would, you might even be able to get a little better number. I, I, I think if you wait a little bit, you might be able I'm to down. get a seven or a seven and a half. Okay, so I, I would I, wait, and if I had to play it, I'd play Virginia. I could be totally wrong on this. But the time slot of this game, the latest game on Thursday night, just makes me feel like it feels like a situation where that's the craziest game. Well, good. Yeah, well, that, that, I, I said that's, like the, I, that's I just, the chaos region. We're, we're down to Oregon to keep yeah. the chaos theory alive. So I would take Oregon with the points here. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get. I, I mean, if you've been riding Oregon, why the hell are you going to get off? Yeah, exactly. Now? Yeah, totally. You're getting eight and a half. Is the best spread you had all, all yep. the whole run. Um, you're giving points in the Pac-12 title game, weren't you, to the one seed? 
Yeah, they yeah. were given. Yeah. Uh, and then dabble on the over. Maybe the ball goes in the hoop for the old Cavaliers <laughs> early and big lead. Um, so that's Thursday. Um, we'll get to Friday, and we're going to get to Sean Farnham right after this. For more March Madness coverage, check out Behind the Bets with Doug Kazarian. We welcome in Sean Farnham, uh, one of our favorite analysts here at ESPN. Uh, how, uh, did we get laundry done? You've been on a plane for what, 12 days? Oh, no. I, man, I just finished a stretch of 31 out of 32 days away from home, <laughs> and I just got home. Today's day one of being at home, so I'm excited. Any, uh, any, any time over a 32-day span you see more of Steve and myself yeah. than, than your wife and kids, that's a bad, bad, bad thing. Sorry about that. No, not, not during tournament time. I mean, you know that. I mean, this is a fun time. This is not a complaint about our job kind of no. time. This is, this is the time you want to be, you want to be working and, <laughs> and you want to be talking about the biggest games that matter the most. Uh, and this is, this is the pinnacle of college basketball. And, and unfortunately, we don't have the games, mm-hmm. uh, but we certainly have the platform to, talk about those games and it's it's been a, it's been a, a lot of fun so far and i'm looking forward to the sweet 16 elite eight this weekend well as you were uh, uh you know all over the our country uh bear and i were in, in in las vegas last weekend and i stopped by the beer park at the paris and they they said you were at an outstanding tab so i picked that up for you uh you're Thank all you. set uh from our time out there uh, a couple of years back <laughs> can we go back and do that again please oh god was that the best thing that was when the marathon was fun. <laughs> yes. Now we're all stuck in Bristol. No offense to Bristol. It's a great place. Make yeah. sure the Chamber of Commerce gives you a good shout-out. But, uh, no, I mean, you, me, Adam Amin. Uh, then we had Vital there for a quick minute. Yeah, he got out of there real Celine fast. Dion. Yeah, he's like, Celine Dion, i got to go see you. Um, and then we had uh, Brett Musburger came by. I mean, that was, that was fun. And yep. you influenced me to bet on my first ever game that I ever put money down on. It's legal. Yes. Very good. Speaking of betting, uh, let's get into this. Uh, every region has an underdog of five points or more. Um, it's okay. Auburn plus five. It's LSU plus six. It's Vatek plus seven. It's Florida State plus seven and a half. It's Oregon plus eight and a half. All those teams are the biggest underdogs we have in this round. Who do you think out of that group has the best chance to win the game on the court? Uh, I would say Probably, uh, there's two games that would really interest me a lot mm-hmm. and make me think that they have, like the, the underdog has a chance to actually win. And one of them's going to like be like, really? Oregon. I think Oregon's got a chance versus yeah. Virginia. Uh, their defense has been outstanding during the last 10 games. Uh, 54 points per game by opponents. I think the field goal percentage is down to about 34%. I think the three-point field goal percentage that they're giving up is still around 23. So they have been elite at the defensive end of the floor, and that's what's helped them win games. And I think the emergence of Kenny Wooten has been a game-changer as far as his ability to protect the rim. He had seven block shots last time out. Uh, he does a great job working behind the backside of the zone, uh, able to throw lobs to him on a consistent basis, uh, and even against the pack line defense. Sometimes the pack line defense becomes ball-focused. And so if Peyton Pritchard is able to break down the, that first pass that first defensive player, it forces that next guy to step. As soon as you step, it's a lob to the rim, and Kenny Wooten's getting dunked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Oregon is Oregon's one of those teams that reminds me a lot, to be honest, of my UCLA team my senior year. When we were 13 and 11, we were horrible. We looked like we were going to the NIT. Then we ran off six straight games. Uh, Oregon is, and I said this with SVP the other night uh, while you guys were in Vegas, um, but Oregon is a mid-major team, essentially, in this tournament. They had to play their way in. They had to win four games in four days just to get an invite. That's not what you normally get out of power conference teams. Mm-hmm. You're usually getting that out of the mid-majors. So they have gone through the gauntlet of win or go home, and they have thrived every step of the way. And I, I think there's a chance that they could win the game outright uh, against Virginia. If Virginia does what it did in the opening round, if Virginia struggles to shoot, which we've seen them, that, that has happened before. Now, they are better than they've ever been offensively. Um, and if they won this game by five or six, I, I could see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to pull away from Oregon just because of how Oregon's been playing and the tempo and the pace that they've been playing with. Okay. The other game that would stand out to me would be Virginia, uh, would be Florida State Gonzaga. And as as much as I love the Zags, uh, remember Florida State beat them a season ago. It's a very different component, very different makeup on the floor this year for Gonzaga when you look at the emergence of a guy like Brandon Clark and the games that he's had so far, including the last one out where it was a really historic game in the NCAA tournament uh, with 35-plus points and 5-plus blocks that had only been done two times before. Uh, but Florida State's length and Findu Cavangeli has emerged as a star 
of stars offensively. And for a Florida State team that struggles to score, he needs to continue to be uh, effective off the bench. He has 43 points off the bench. That's the most in the NCAA tournament so far. Uh, and and he's, his stock is skyrocketing amongst the NBA scouts that are watching him. Style of play again. Can they get the Zags out of transition, force them to play in the half court, kind of like what St. Mary's did mm. with better length? They can. And I think that's going to be really important. Defensive transition, getting back, forcing the Zags to play in the half court, forcing them to make plays, and then having the length to disrupt their bigs underneath. And they certainly have the ability to do that. Uh, just going back real quick, Sean, about Virginia and Oregon. We, t- we talked about this earlier in the podcast. And we agreed on this notion. I think it was really good for Virginia last week to win the way they did. They got punched in the face. They had nowhere to run against Gardner-Webb. And they came back and they got the job done. And then the next game, they didn't play well against a subpar Oklahoma team. But they got the win. How important do you, do you do you like that mindset? Do you like would you feel better about yourselves if you're Tony Bennett, knowing that you overcame adversity in what a spot you were looking to all year long and you finally got there and got kicked in the face, but you responded? Uh yes, for round one. No for round two. Okay. Okay, so like yeah. for round no, I one. Got you. Yeah. Like hey, here we go again. Oh my gosh, everybody gets tight. You're down by six at halftime, which was they were actually lucky to be down by six. Mm-hmm. You go to locker room. You calm your guys down, they come out, they respond on a 22-5 to run or something like that to start the second half. Great. Now we found ourselves. In round two, against really a a subpar Oklahoma team, uh, I expected Virginia to really come out and execute and play the way that we thought they they should be capable of playing, and they didn't. They left left a lot to be desired as far as playing their best basketball season. And now you get to the second week in the tournament, and that's why, again, I think Oregon has a chance to win this game, is you have to – you have to be able to sit there and say, okay, are we, are we hitting on all cylinders? If, if, if you had never seen any of these teams play all season long, I'm going to ask you guys this question. <laughs> if you hadn't seen any of them play all season long and you saw Virginia's first two games and Oregon's first two games, who do you think is better? Oregon. Oregon. It, it, that's what, that's what we, we were talking about earlier when we were talking about this game. Like So many of these like computer models and, and modelers for the game – have Virginia like as a as a twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen yeah. point edge, and, and I was saying I, I just don't buy that because I, I think those numbers are taking into account earlier in the year when they were still trying to figure themselves out without ball. But if you look at the way they played in the last six weeks of the of the year, uh, it, it's hard to argue that they're that athletically that they're not right there with with Virginia. Well, the other thing about that, too, is, okay, so with Bull Bull, Bull Bull had 32 and they lost to Texas Southern at home. That just tells you how what a lack of commitment there was to the defensive end of the floor. <laughs> Dana Altman's team has always been best when they've been locked in defensively. The team that went to the Final Four was great defensively. They utilized Jordan Bell in the same role that Kenny Wooten is filling right now, and Kenny's doing it with more athleticism than Jordan Bell did. Um, so I, I think here's the thing. Bull Bull going down actually helped Oregon. Because it, it went through this transitional phase of who are we, we have no identity, we lost the guy we thought we were built around, but a lot of that was built on the offensive end of the floor. So what it allowed Dana Altman and the coaching staff to do is say, okay, so we don't have our best offensive weapon. We don't have the human mismatch. So here's what we have to do. We have to defend. Guys, and this is how we're going to go do it. And then it was, there was a late, there's a buy-in factor that came in on that. They had some monumental collapses. UCLA game comes to mind mm-hmm. immediately in February. I mean, just mind-boggling that they lost that game. And it's the same kind of mentality. Those losses, those painful losses, is fueling them during this run now. And when you watch the rotations defensively, and I'm not talking about anything from the gambling side of things, I'm just talking about watching them yep. on the floor, the way they're covering on-ball screens, the way that their help-side rotations have been, uh, the ability to protect the rim, the ability to limit your opponent's second-chance points opportunities, those are check marks for Oregon and how bought in they are. And when you're connected this way, you can win games in March. It doesn't throw the records over the course of the regular season out the window. And again, anybody that's listening, go back and watch the film from the first two games and pretend like you don't know anything about these teams, don't know their records, don't know their seats, and you tell me what team looks better on the basketball floor, I'm telling you it's Oregon. A team that was lucky to survive on Sunday, Duke. I mean, before the tournament, we had the the Duke versus the field props, and and I came on on daily wager and said I'd, I'd still I'd still take Duke versus the field uh, going into the NCAA tournament. I'm not sure I would now. Would you take Duke versus the field now? Or would you take the field? Uh, I take the field. I would take the field, uh, and I think that Johnny Dawkins 
And <laughs> he, he really exemplified how you're going to play Duke. And rule number one, don't guard Trey Jones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they left Trey. They, I mean, guys, look, they put, they put, Taco Fall was guarding Trey Jones. They said, just stand in the middle of paint. If he gets close to you, close up. If not, let him shoot jump shots all day long. Yep. And he was horrible. Horrible. And that, that's, and you're daring it. Look, if you're, in the old adage is, if you're open, there's a reason why you're open. And he was unable to figure that out. And I think that what you're going to do is you're going to put multiple eyes on Zion. Zion is going to get his, okay? But can you shut down everybody else? So say Zion gets 30. Can you keep R.J. Barrett from getting to his left? If you have multiple guys and you're not guarding one of the players out there, and if you put Jordan Goldwire out there on the floor, that's two guys you don't have to guard. So now all of a sudden, now you're playing basically a triangle and two. And you're saying, all right, you guys, if you shoot jump shots, it's fine. We'll be late contests to all those jump shots. We've got to limit second chance points opportunities. We've got to be, be able to compete on the glass. And then we can push it in transition, guys. We don't have to play in the half court. We don't have to slow it down. I think pushing it in transition, and you saw UCF do that, and obviously to a detriment when they had the four-point lead and they filled the alley-oop and they missed it. But if that play goes down and it's a six-point lead with 147, 152, game is over. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. It's done. And so I think when you look forward, I don't think Virginia Tech's going to be the team to do it. I don't, even though I like Justin Robinson, and, and obviously they're more than capable of shooting from the outside to make this game really interesting. But I just don't think Terry Blackshear is going to be enough down low uh, to stop their ability to score in the paint um, and their ability to dominate on the glass in this particular contest. But moving forward, if you have an LSU or a Michigan State, also that game has become a little bit more intriguing to me than what it was at the start of this tournament. You, 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 I was with you, Bear, at the start of the tournament. You, you hinted at it a little bit. I, I was going to ask, if you're Duke, are you happy or concerned that you're playing Virginia Tech, that a team that you're familiar with, but at the same time, a team that's familiar with you in this round? I think you're happy. I think because you kind of you really know their personnel. Um, now, the difference, obviously, for the, from the game that, that Duke lost to Virginia Tech, they didn't have Zion. So Virginia Tech hasn't seen them with Zion. Uh, but yet Virginia Tech fans equally can say, well, you haven't seen us with Justin Robinson because Justin Robinson didn't play in that game either. Uh, but if you're gonna if you're gonna tell me that Zion's impact on the game is equal to Justin Robinson's, I'm gonna tell you that you've lost your mind um, because just, Justin Robinson's a good player. Uh, Zion Williamson is a ridiculous player that is able to change the game, in particular at the defensive end, unlike any other player that we have in college basketball right now. His anticipatory skills um, and jumping passing lanes, getting deflections, blocking shots. I mean, he strikes fear more fear, I think, at the defensive end than he actually does at the offensive end, and that's a credit to his commitment and his effort at that end of the floor. Uh, looking at Friday's games, Sean, uh, what coach has uh, – <laughs> let's put this way. What concerns you more, LSU's matchup against Sparty or Auburn's matchup against Carolina? Uh, concerns me more from the standpoint of if I'm the favorite in that game. If, I, if I'm if no, I'm no, no, no. If you're the dog, team. like you're 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 worried about your matchup as an underdog with LSU and all. Oh, Bruce Pearl, yeah, it's Bruce Pearl. Okay, uh, because look, LSU, you know you're you know you've got enough athleticism and length, and you got a really good point guard in Tremont Waters, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, Cassius Winston, Tremont Waters, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, Michigan State is turnover prone as we've seen throughout the course of the season. So they, they might cough it up enough where it makes things interesting for us. We can rebound with them when you look at our size and athleticism. I think, I think LSU is feeling a little bit better. Uh, Auburn is one of those things where you're looking and going, okay, we can, we can be there, but we've got to hit 16 to 17 threes yeah. in order to be there. Gotcha. Uh, because rebounding is going to be a problem for them. And how do you, who guards Luke May? I think we're in a situation where this is a Zion, Zionless Duke team trying to figure out how to guard Luke May, and that, that didn't work out too well for them. Mm-hmm. I think Luke May is going to be a huge matchup problem. The length of the wings, too, for Carolina. Like Kenny Williams is going to get in Bryce Brown. He's not going to feel comfortable. You know, um, Kobe White versus Jared Harper is going to be a lot of fun. But Cam Johnson on the opposite side, who, who marks him? Who's going to stop Cam? I think Cam and Luke May are the two guys that could really go off in this game and cause some problems for, for Bruce Pearl's team. And as hot as they shot the ball in the opening weekend, I do go back to history and look at the numbers of this team away from home, how they shot the ball over the course of the season, over the last two seasons even, when in, in, in road games and neutral site games, what is their win-loss record versus what their win-loss record is at home. And you'll see that there's a lot more losses than there are wins away from home. And I love Bruce Pearl's team, and I thought coming out of the opening weekend, that performance against Kansas in particular in the first half was as dominating as a performance as we've seen. 
but I just think the, the fun kind of stops here in the Sweet 16. And I think Carolina's going to cruise. Okay. I just got to ask on this. With, with Izzo against Benford, how much of a difference does that make um, in, in a game like this on this stage? Like that much of a coaching advantage uh, with experience against a guy who's just taken over the team the last couple of weeks. How much does that really, really mean right now? I think it's massive. You do? Yeah, I do. Um, I think it's 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 been there. Just from the days leading into the game or like the yes, actual in-game? The preparation, the preparation aspect leading into the game I think is huge. Uh, I would also say that once the game starts, that the ability to know when to make the adjustments on this stage, everybody gets tighter. And I've seen it, and I've been there, and I've seen coaches get tight. Uh, but this this is an opportunity. Like, you're going against one of the best coaches in the country, period. And Izzo usually has an advantage over uh, their his opponent. Uh, but this one this one is substantial. I mean, let's not forget that <laughs> Benford cost them the game against Florida. Sure did. By yep. getting the technical. Sure did. I mean, like, like so if you're asking me who, my vote of confidence and who I'm putting my <laughs> chips on, like, Izzo's the guy. I mean, like people can have the false narrative of getting upset because he got on his kids. How did his kids respond after that? How did Henry respond? Hit two big shots down the stretch of that game. I think he responded just fine. <laughs> you know, so uh, Izzo knows the pulse of his team and knows what buttons to push um, versus essentially an interim coach that took over two weeks ago. Do, do, do you think Wade is having any input in the preparation yes. leading up? I mean, yes. I, mean I, I think he would as well, even though you would think – all the evidence is pointing to him probably being out, but but I, I would I would think he'd still be helping oh, he Bedford the team out. Will Wake cares about yeah, his kids. He's not agreed. abandoning these kids right now. I promise you. Okay, um, I, I, and I guarantee you, as soon as Michigan State won that game, I guarantee you at his house he got on Synergy and started breaking down film and developing <laughs> the game plan. There's no, there's no and, and everything that the coaches are going over, I think, are coming directly from Will Wade in preparation for this game. But again, you're taking. His information and mm-hmm. delivering it secondhand to the team. Yep. And there, there sometimes can maybe there's a, something that he sees on tape that as you're practicing and preparing for it, you go, well, this is what the coach wants to do. This is what we're going to do. And it may not actually work. So what's plan B? What's plan C? And as you're going through practice, are you able to come back to Will Wade at his home and be like, okay, coach, we tried that. It wasn't working really well. And here's some of the problems we had at practice. How do we fix that? You know, and those conversations are tough to have because you're allowing the kids to go through practice yep. and not address it, yep. not change it, and then come back the following day and be like, okay, wait, so we took the film of practice, he saw it, here's what we need to do. And it's just a, it's a weird situation for LSU, and credit to these kids to stay with it. And, and regardless of any of these kids are actually involved in this case, um, and obviously Smart would be the one name that comes out more than anything, I, I never root against the kids. I'm sorry, I don't. I, don't I, I want these kids. I want these kids to have their moment. I think they already have. I think it's been great what they've been able to accomplish. Um, and, and there should be a great sense of pride in that locker room amongst these kids right now for what they're experiencing. Okay, two questions are kind of related. Over under one and a half wins for the SEC in the Sweet 16, and then into that more important to Kentucky versus Houston, Hagen's. Defending Corey Davis or the presence of PJ Washington? I think I think it's I think it's, I'm going to start backwards going forwards if that's okay. I'm going to say it's Hagen's guarding Corey Davis because if you take away Corey Davis offensively, this team really struggles offensively. Mm, I've yeah. seen it throughout the course of the year. I saw it in their game against Temple um, when they lost at Temple. Uh, they defend really really well, but then you're looking at Amani Brooks and uh, Dejon Algero, uh to try to make plays, and they can struggle. They can struggle to score, and when they struggle to score, you kind of push things a little bit, and some of the quick shots that they take end up being runouts for their opponents. And they haven't faced a team like Kentucky. They haven't seen a team that can run on the open floor like Kentucky. Tyler Hero, his ability to defend the wing as well, I think that's one of the – he hasn't shot the ball excessively well in this tournament, but boy, has he defended well. And uh, that's why I like Kentucky in this game, even – you know, even though we still, you know, we don't know. P.J. Washington, he's out of the walking boot. I guess that's the latest, right? Mm -hmm. Um. And that's, and that's great, and hopefully he's able to go. But, I mean, look, Reed Travis was going to be the conference player of the year in the Pac-12. And Stanford Steve's team would have been in the NCAA tournament <laughs> had two players not left, Robert Cartwright and Reed Travis. Yep. And if those two guys were in, uh, up on the farm, Stanford probably would have won the Pac-12 this year. Um, so the, you, you transferred to Kentucky for a reason. 
You transferred to, to win. You transferred to have a chance at national championship. So this is the moment he's got to show out. They still have guys like Nick Richards, you know, EJ Montgomery. They, they've got guys that can go down low underneath still and, and can disrupt things. So I don't, I don't necessarily worry about it too much still in this round. I would if they're playing Carolina in the Elite Eight. Um, but I, I think, I think Kentucky's going to win. I think Tennessee's going to win. So that would put me at the okay. over of one and a half wins for the SEC. A uh, couple uh, things on the way up. Carson Edwards over under 23 and a half. Over or under? I'll go over. Oh, okay. But over they, in a loss. But, yeah. Over with with poor shot attempts. Okay, got it. So he's just gonna he's gonna need to ice arm that ice down that arm afterwards. Yes. All right. And my favorite coaches in college basketball are playing against each other Thursday night in Anaheim, Michigan, Texas Tech. How, is is this your most anticipated game of this round? What you want to see, or am I on my on an island with this one? No, I really do because I think defensively, obviously, these are two of the top teams in the country. Yeah, uh, they they they're really going to lock up. So who's going to get free? Who's going? Is Culver going to be the guy? Is he going to get enough space? Is Mooney going to have to step up uh, and be that 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 maybe a leading scorer on a night where he's moves from a secondary score to a leading score leading scorer for Texas Tech to advance? And the same thing to be said. I mean, one of the most underrated players that we have in college basketball is Avery Simpson. Yes. He is so important to Michigan. Uh, whether Mike White talked about him after the game the other day. He was he was darn impressed. Yeah, I mean, defensively, he is the head of everything that they do. Mm. And then offensively, he makes the hockey assist better than anybody in the country. Mm-hmm. He, he sees the floor so well, he's making the pass that leads to the pass that gets the shot. And so he doesn't get the assist, but boy, is he in complete command and control of that game and that team at all times. So I think if you watch him, watch, watch him play individually and you'll appreciate it. Uh, I, I don't anticipate this game to be maybe even in the 70s. I think this is going to be played in the 60s. I think first team to 60 might win the game. I, I asked Bear if both teams – do you see both teams scoring 60? I said I said this has like 62-60 <laughs> written all over it. Yeah, I would say like 66-63, 66-61, like something around there. I think right around the number. Over. <laughs> it's 126. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. See, this, is the, this is your world. I don't even look at this stuff. But like, but that's that's where I think it's going to be. I do. Okay. Uh, what else? What else? You, on the way out, anything you you haven't talked about that you want to in this round? No, I mean, look, I think I think what we've seen is uh, the first time since I'm sure you guys have talked about it. Yep. Uh, most chalk that we've seen since 2009 mm-hmm. uh, in the Sweet 16, and I think this is where it continues to go chalk. All, all of us were sitting on the set uh, during the bracket marathon, and they asked us about the overall addition of all the seats. And how much it would add up to? I think the original over was what eleven and a half. Yes. Um, and unless Oregon's able to run this thing out, that's that's it's going to be under um, because I, I do think this this favors everything right now. Favors the Gonzaga Bulldogs, North Carolina, Kentucky. Uh, I think you see Duke, Michigan State. I mean, you, got, you see a lot of ones and twos. Uh, playing for the Elite Eight, and I think it's going to be it's going to be a great weekend of college basketball. And the number of one seeds that reach the Final Four will be. Uh, I have it at two. Okay. I have it at two. I've got I've got Carolina because I think honestly, if you guys you guys have seen this, and Carolina's played the best basketball since the middle of January of anybody in the country. Even in that loss that they had against Duke, they they actually played a better game than Duke did that night. Yep. Even though Duke won the game, and I know a lot of people will be like, "This guy's lost his mind." But go back and watch. There was a couple of things that you can easily clean up and execute it better. They didn't shoot the ball excessively well. They shot it below their percentages, which they did from beyond the arc all season long. And a lot of that wasn't because they were contested threes. They just miss. So if they shoot their average, they beat Duke even with Zion Williamson. Uh, so I see, I see, actually, you know what? I've got three, excuse me, because I have Gonzaga getting there as well. So I have three one seeds and a two seed getting in. I have Tennessee getting in, uh, in the Virginia, in the Virginia oh. region. Um, uh, and, and so, therefore, I'd have three one seeds getting in. Okay, Chalky Chalkerson. Yes, I'm all about the chalk this year. And where where are you, where are you going to be the next year? You're in LA, you're at LAPC for these games, right? Yeah, I've got LA Sports Center on Thursday and Friday night, and then I head out to Minnesota on Tuesday of next week. All right, we'll see you in Minnesota. We'll see you in Minnesota Friday. All right, you guys are the best. Talk to you all soon. Right. Thanks again, bud. Thanks again to Sean. Um, Wish he got more run here. Guy's awesome at yeah. it, at his work. Yes, and, he is. Uh, he's nobody works harder. And I just appreciate how you know. I, I wanted to ask him about Bill Walton. Everybody was laughing at him during the Pac-12 tournament. Here's Bill's Ducks still playing. Exactly right. Um, so let's, the, I think if the Ducks get to the Final Four, maybe that's next week's guest. Oh, man.
man, we're gonna need two hours for that one. <laughs> two hours, two questions. Um, so we got plenty of breakdown there. Friday, our thoughts, Bear. I don't know if we got him in there. I have a feeling you like LSU with the points. I really like LSU Ooh. with the points in this game. Okay. And I also like LSU is first to 15 at plus 130. I think they're going to come out on fire. I think they're going to get out to a lead. And oh, it's just going it. to be a question of whether they hang on or if they blow a big lead like they did against Maryland. And, okay. and, and that that's every LSU game this year. LSU starts fast, it's out to a lead, other team comes back, and just the question of uh, of do they hang on. Because I, I like what he said there about Wade having a uh, an impact in the game plan. Yeah. I think with a couple of days that, that helps because that was a, a Saturday game. And I think obviously they, they knew that. In Michigan State, I mean – they, they can't they got, they, they they can't got, play bully ball against these guys. No, 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 no. They, and, they got, and they got the little bit of a scare again in, in the first round. Yeah. And then they played a team that they blew out once already this year in Minnesota. Minnesota lost a kid early in the game. Mm-hmm. They were not going to be threatened in that game. This is, this is a team that is an athletic equal, if not superior, to Michigan State. And, and I, I, I like the Sixers. I, I like LSU maybe even to win the game. Okay. All right. Uh, high number there, too. 148 it, and a half. I mean, if you're going to say LSU comes out like that's going to come in, you're going to that's what you need. If you want the over, you need Still, exactly uh, you, what you you're have. saying. You're basically saying one team probably in the eight, one yeah. team's probably going to hit eighty. I, I don't see that. That seems high. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at all these numbers. I, I mean, we'll touch on them here because it's more so these day uh, Friday than the day. I mean, I talked about how I like the under in the, in the Purdue game. The, the other two overs I like because they're low numbers, and I like my chance with fallings. Because teams aren't going to give up at this point yep. in the year. They're going to keep falling. But, um, that's a high number with Michigan State involved. Um, and they're not, I mean, they've lost, you know, with injuries. They're not as deep as they were. So they're going to really need to make shots. McQuaid is huge in this game. Oh, he hit, he hit the biggest shot of the game in the first round. Huge. Uh, and I'll get to another guy who I think is really important in that Kentucky Houston game. Might be the most important guy in, in this round. Um, but I, I, I lean towards taking the points here. Uh, with you with LSU. Uh, the next game is, is Carolina and Auburn. And I, I, I bet this as soon as I saw it. I just took Carolina money line. Mm-hmm. I laid 230. Um, you know, we had Bruce Pearl on the other night. Yeah, he told he's Scott great. to he's take great. the oh, over. Oh, I, I heard. Oh, I heard. And that's um, who he is. <laughs> it's 165. And Sean touched on this, but when Bruce Pearl says, you know, you know, let's play our game. Let's worry about ourselves. We like to run. We like to get up and down. We like to shoot threes. Every year in this tournament, it feels like Carolina gets this team. And that team that's playing against Carolina just isn't used to how good Carolina right, is exactly. at doing the same exact mm-hmm. thing because they have better guys doing it. And I just, I looked it up. They're, they've scored less than 62 points once since like, uh, January 10th or something like that. I mean, they've been scoring at a clip. They're so versatile. Kobe's, Made as much money as anybody, I think, um, in, in, in college basketball to, at the next level. Like he, I didn't think he could shoot like this. He's been lights out. You know, uh, I mentioned the other day, like a normal team would come out against that Washington 2-3 and just, you know, be a little hesitant. Like, hey, can we get this? And they just came out, like they're fearless. And, uh, you know, Sean mentioned Auburn's going to have to make, you know, 15, 16 threes. I don't see that happening. Carolina's just going to laugh at them how they want to play. I love Carolina. I don't want to give any points. I would lean towards the over two. I think, I think this game's, I think I, you could see 100 to, I think Carolina could score 100. I think Auburn could score 85, 90. You, 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 this you is could. up there. You could, and I, I think, again, this, this might this be. This is on Auburn. Yeah. This might be another good in-game type play as well. If Auburn were to, to get out to a big lead and maybe, uh, you, you get a little maybe bit of a discounted price on Carolina. That, that was one of the oh, one of the great things about uh, the, the first round. I want to look back too much. Was uh, we mentioned Sean? We mentioned the Virginia game about trailing against Gardner Webb and, and North Carolina struggling uh, against Iona. Mm-hmm. Those halftime lines were gifts, and, and I and I think that's something that even myself is when I'm looking at these games, I need to do a better job of looking at the end game, looking at the halftime line and realizing like, okay, this is nothing's ever like free money or a lock, but like, this is a really, this is a really good advantage bet right here. Yeah. Uh, I also bet it was, I bet it yesterday. Carolina was even money to win their region. 
I just thought that was a nice money. That line. is that is a good. I, I like that bet. I like. I, I looked at it as a money line parlay for even money. It, it, exactly, and you know, that's exactly what it is. Given points, I was no say, you're, you're given points both so, games, and at the time you didn't know about the health of health of Washington and the Kentucky Carolina game is yeah. basically a. Like I said, they'll be a small favorite in that game. So yeah, you're looking at looking at a uh, you're looking probably a, you're looking at a better price there. Uh, and Duke and Vitek, you feel like a lot. Of, this is going to be the public dog. Yeah, I think right? I think Vitek's the public dog. I I, I would lay the. Uh, I'd lay the seven with, with with Virginia Tech here, even though it's interesting. With Duke. Yes, with, with Duke, even though it is interesting that this is the third time now as a number one seed that Duke has entered the Sweet 16 not covering either mm-hmm. of their first two games. In the previous two years, they wound up losing in the Sweet 16. So I, I don't know, does that tell you maybe that uh, Duke was in number one and, and if they tended to struggle with these teams eventually – uh, it was going to catch up with them because maybe they didn't necessarily have the numbers to support the the, the, the rating. I, I don't know, but 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 I think I think I, I think it's either Virginia Tech money line or lay it and laugh. Okay, lay the seven or just play the Hokies in the money line. I don't I don't think it feels like it's football I, I, season. I don't think this I don't think this is a four point Duke win. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just you know I mentioned I'm a Duke fan. But they're flawed, man. Like I think about the the, the, the Connor Anthony Towns Kentucky team that was so, you know undefeated. Yep. Like yep. there wasn't any holes in no. that team. And Wisconsin played. And an this awesome one is blatant, and you just saw it right in your face. And then you have it. This is the first game I circled when when the bracket came out. It was the first the first region that was announced, and I said, "Wow, they got to play a team that beat them already." And I know the Zion factor, but I also look at Zion hasn't been in foul trouble yet, and that's coming. And they got. No is it? Oh yeah. Oh, is it? Oh yeah. Do you really want to get into this? Is it? Did the ball hit the rim? Did the ball? Uh, did the ball hit the rim? No, I okay. don't think it did. Okay then. No, I don't think it did. All but right. there definitely wasn't evidence to to overrule that. There was. There was not. Yes, there was from up oh, up top. They know was a clear space in between the ball and the rim. It hit the backboard. It hit the foam. Come on. Yeah, I, I didn't think the evidence was there to. to Those are good glasses. It. Yeah. Hardly. Um, I, I, thought, I thought it should have counted. You saw it? Of course you did. You had probably a UCF money line ticket on your No, pocket. no. No, I, I was I was rooting for Duke. I was rooting for Duke uh. because a, a buddy of mine had a very large money line parlay with Duke in it that wound up cashing as a in, in for for a good amount and I was I was rooting for him. So I, I had no even even though it's it's funny how the tournament just people like what casually like tune like my sister who probably hasn't watched a college basketball game in ten years like immediately after the game text I'm in tears for those kids from UCF like she was watching the game that's how great the tournament sister is. bear sister yeah younger sister bear she, that's more, all we had lot, games were trash we're glad we took the red eyes Saturday no night no kidding oof Mitch Mush on Sunday. Um, I would take the points there. I, I I said I circled that game before. It keeps like it's going down. It is. Um, seven now. Uh, one forty four. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Over. Yeah. Okay. Over. All right. I'm just interested to see what VTech does. Um, uh, from an offensive standpoint and a defense. Like I think you just. I mean, UCF laid a pretty good foundation. The problem is, is UCF made every shot. <laughs> Except, like can those except, teams except do that? Two, except two layups, except an alley oop, and a tip in. Um, so I would I would lean towards the points there. I like the points there. Uh, then the last game of the night is Friday, Kentucky and Houston. Um, this is fascinating to me because does you know if it's you know the old adage it would be you know can do you start Washington? But if he's healthy, he. You got to be ready. He's not going to be hundred percent, is he? Depends what the injury is. That's just. If it was just a little minor thing, then yeah. you would think two weeks will be enough to to heal. But if it was some type of surgical procedure, then you would think it, it might be. He might not be hundred percent. Far to mention the the, the matchups. Um, you know, defensively on Davis with Hagens, you you like Kentucky the way they play I, defense. I, I, I want to. You seen them? They were that that the defensive job that Hagens and, and Hero did uh, against Wofford was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was what won them the game. It was, yep. They just played 
fantastic. I want to like Kentucky in this game. I really, really do. The number seems very, very, very low. But I, I, I think there's some bets that I think you have to be willing to lose. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting John Calipari as a as a two seed in the Sweet 16, as a two and a half or a three point favorite, and he's nine and one against the number mm-hmm. in in this role, his, he gets his teams to play at a high level on this spot on the big stage. I, I, I have to be willing to lose laying the two and a half or three with Kentucky. Okay, Armani Brooks is the kid for me here with Houston. I think I think he's their best shooter from three. And I just see Houston spreading things out and just trying to make this as a speed fest. Um, and I, and, and if they're making threes, they're going to be in this game. And Kentucky, as good as their talent level is and as good as they've been, and you talked about how good Hagen is, he's been unbelievable. I noticed him, I think it was his first game against Carolina this year when he was just locking yep. guys down. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, if Houston can make the outside shot, that's what I think. And, and Sean talked about, Taking away Davis and, and they really struggle. Brooks is the guy because I could see a million driving kicks for Houston to him. If they could stay up on him and keep him out of the game and not let him make threes, Kentucky's got to like their chances because they have an enormous advantage inside. So do you go under 17 and a half with Corey Davis and over 12 and a half with Armani Brooks? Yes. Yeah. And I like this over 134 and a half because I think Higgins is going to get into a little what you can do, I can do better. Okay. And he's got a lot of nice toys to play with okay. on his team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they, they, they have some players. In Heroes the right white. there, uh, too, with, with stock climbing, man. That kid's been phenomenal. So versatile. And Wofford, why didn't they just put five guys on him at the end of the fall? <laughs> that was a fun one to watch in the book. That man. was unbelievable. That man. was great. That's, Saw it coming that, a mile away. Oh, it, All those favorite betters are quiet, quiet, quiet. Yep, and then they yep. could sense and, 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 it coming. Foul, foul. Oh, my it, it, it was, it was, it was, I, Unbelievable! I love the sports book. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a beautiful it, place. It's a good setup, man. It's a good setup. Um, I mentioned Carolina to win it. They're five to one right now to win the title. I would jump on that. That's a hell of a price. I mean, I mean, that's my that's my site I have right now. Uh, interested? I saw was it Purdue? The winner, Purdue and Tennessee are playing each other. Oh, mm-hmm. they dropped. Okay, I saw. I saw Purdue. I thought I saw Tennessee still at twenty to one on. That's my fault then. Not good. Not good there. Um, Michigan State LSU to kick us off. I think Friday's slate is way more interesting to me, but uh, I just have that one game I'm really into with Michigan T Tech Thursday. Yeah, fr- fr- Friday. Friday is the night. Yeah, well, I, I agree. Or well, I shouldn't say that. I, I think the Florida State Gonzaga has the potential to be fun. Social media is going to hate Virginia Oregon because it's going to be methodical. But you know what? If it's methodical and if it's tight, it's great. Okay. That's what I said. It might get weird. That's a late slate Thursday night. I got an Uh, early flight on Friday morning, too. Where are you going? I got to go to Pennsylvania for a family thing with my wife. Oh. You're flying to Pennsylvania? Erie. They're actually flying to Cleveland and driving. Oh. All right. So you're not missing any games. Well, we'll see. Weekend. Weekend plans. Okay. Come on now. Come on, we'll, we'll, find, we'll find a way. Think of the bear. Um, anything else on the way out? You getting fired up uh, for NBA playoffs? Right around the corner. Yeah, I heard that. I saw that. I saw this morning that the Clippers clinched a playoff spot. It did. You know what the BPI had them at? I, I I saw because I saw the when I was on the elliptical this morning. I saw the whole locker room. Doc Rivers. Everyone said we're going to win thirty three games. Yeah, and, and we're in the playoffs. That's your crew. That's your. That's that's bad on your people. Isn't that you that's predicting all those wins? No, it's not me. <laughs> that, that, that's you not guys me. I, those I, numbers. I just want to see Giannis win the MVP. That's all. He deserves it. He, he does deserve like, it. Come on. It's more. It's more than a guy taking thirty shots a game and averaging thirty something points. What are we looking at, people? Come on. It's not that we're, hard. I'm. I'm, real, I'm looking forward to the Florida Derby this week. Well, what do we got? I haven't seen the. I, I know the field. I haven't seen the post. The the post. Um, the the. I know the post positions. I haven't seen the past performances yet. I can tell you I'm going to be against Bourbon War. He's kind of okay. like the, the trendy upsetter because he closed so well. That's a Gulfstream, yeah, right? He closed so well. Well, this is the big one. Yeah, this is the big one. This is the, this is the last Gulfstream, Gulfstream prep before the uh, before the million? Derby. So I think I think it's yeah, a, right. it, might, it might be a million dollar race. I, 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 have to, I figure it out. I have, to, I have to see. But I'm going to be against Bourbon War. He's going to be the, the trendy because he closed so well into that fast pace okay. uh, in the Fountain of Youth. So – Hidden scroll, drew the rail. I know that. I'll, I'll, I'll look and I'll see if I can 
will Code of Honor win again? Maybe. I don't know. But Bourbon War is going to be a, a stand against on top for me. All right. I have a true or false then. Huh? True or false. Mm-hmm. You have a parlay with a team to win the national title in college basketball with a horse to win the Kentucky Derby. True. <laughs> How many? <laughs> <laughs> Six. Six, actually. You have six parlays. Yes, because I, I played. How many different teams to win the down? All right, just, just rattle off. Go ahead. I, pl- I, I played. There you go. Get in and people get your pen and paper right and, now. And and get you, this you, in. You, Exotic parlays. You, you, need, you need to be able to find the location exactly. to be able to do this is the key. You can't just walk into. You guys can find it. You're good at you, that. So you're smart. Here we go. So here's what I did. I played Gonzaga, Duke, and North Carolina, the three teams to win the title, mm-hmm. with Game winner and improbable in the Derby. So basically, I played it's six different parlays. Six different parlays. Yep. And they all have attractive odds. So if I figure if one of them wins, I'm going to probably. Are there Derby odds out right now? They, 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 all these sites have Derby future book odds. Okay. Um, yeah. And what are your two horses? Well, they're the top two choices. I, yeah. I think one of Baffert's two horses will win. Okay. And then game winner one. They both had terrible trips uh, in the Arkansas preps and. I think people are a little bit down on them right now because neither of them won. But you figure out what's been going on at Santa Anita with the track being closed. They, mm-hmm. they, they were pointed towards a race that weekend, so they had extra time off, training training disrupted, and they ran that well. They're due to step up and, and run well. So that's why we like these things. And then if, if you really want to get fun, if you really want to get freaky, you could throw a third team in there and play Alabama or Clemson to win the college football national championship. All right. There's too much time. I got I got stuff to worry about that. But that's fun. That's, so that's wouldn't you love to be able to It is drive, like paying a season in winter. Really wouldn't you love to be able to drive to Mohegan Sun from where we from where we live? Yeah. And walk there and say, "Give me yes. give me a $100 parlay, Gonzaga to win the national championship in basketball, game winner to win the Kentucky Derby, and Clemson to win the national championship in college football." When can I do that? That's what I want to know. Come on. Not soon enough. MGM, Springfield, open up. Exactly. Come on. It's for the people. It's for the kids involved. Tell Jay Root to make that happen, please. Oh, uh, man, he was busy. He was running around that sports I believe book it. like a maniac. Good stuff out of him, though. Um. All right. Favorite non-one seed to go to the Final Four? Mm-hmm. Florida State. Wow. All right. Even though I want to say LSU, you do, but I, I'd, I'd like LSU to get to the Final Four because that could that can put me in a nice position. Okay. I don't know. I think it's I think it's the winner of Michigan Texas Tech. Okay, I can see that. All right. There's there, there's there's no wrong answer. Yeah. There's no wrong answer at all. Just wish there was a right one that we yeah, knew exactly. Tomorrow's newspaper. I'll wish for it again tonight when I go to bed. <laughs> uh, take us on out of here. Uh, the less you bet, the more you lose when you win.